Hi, this is Tony from Newgate Cover Magazine. I'm speaking to Mike Townsend, fund manager at Ford Asset Management and also involved with research in the commodity space. Mike, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, Tony. Nice to be with you. Great. Mike, we are talking about a very interesting subject. I've always commented about how on the hourly basis we hear the oil price on the radio and trying to figure out how does it help me to hear the oil price every hour. But from your perspective, I mean, you well researched on the whole thing. And um, so the first question is, you know, that old saying of oil can be a blessing or a curse. Maybe you can tell us a little bit as to why is that? Okay, certainly. Um, Well, first of all, I think it's worthwhile just pointing out how crucial oil is to our modern economy. Um, Just think of virtually everything that you use on a daily basis from getting into your car and driving to work, flying on an airplane when we could to go and visit friends, etc., or family the other side of the country or the world, Um, the global supply chain, um, the plastics, all of the consumer products that come into your house wrapped every day, the vast majority of those, certainly the plastic ones, are all derived from oil. So oil has become a big part of our, our economy. Um, And as a result of that, a lot of money has been made from this commodity over the last 100 plus years. So why is this called a blessing or a curse? Um, And I think this links into the concept of the resource resource curse or Dutch disease, um, which are words that are often bandied about. And this is essentially a concept that describes the economic phenomenon where The rapid development of one sector of an economy, and particularly in the case of natural resources, of which oil is one, almost starts a decline in other sectors, or it crowds out investment in other areas of the economy. And the term Dutch disease actually came out of um, the discovery of gas in Holland in 1977, um, which led to various problems in their economy. But if you just think about how many Countries in Africa in particular have really struggled post the discovery of oil. Countries such as Nigeria, Angola, and Libya, where they just didn't have the institutions that were strong enough to efficiently manage the vast oil revenues um, that should otherwise have had a positive impact on the economy. And sadly, this often led to corruption, politicians siphoning off money for their own use, a political system of patronage, etc., and didn't generate the benefits that should have as a result of the amount of unexpected wealth that came into these countries. I mean, obviously, I mean, the, the oil and gas is a very complicated global economy and almost like a, a, a sort of a a chess game between different countries, etc. And as you said, I mean, it's very, very difficult to actually get that blessing part right. And maybe you can tell us a little bit of your thoughts of who's getting that blessing part right. Well, I think there, there are a couple of examples in that regard. Um, the first one is probably the United States of America. Um, at the beginning of the 20th century, they were the biggest producer of oil. And it certainly facilitated the development of their economy. Think of um, the development of uh, automobiles, 
um, and that whole uh, refinery and plastics infrastructure network that happened it allowed the US to grow into the dominant position that it is in the world right now. And then more recently, countries like Norway um, that took the view that the discovery of oil offshore their country um, is not something that just belonged to the current generation, but should be hoarded, the wealth accruing from that should be hoarded for future generations as well. Um, and they developed a sovereign wealth fund where they siphoned off some money that could be fed back into the economy um, when, when times were tough. Um, and another example is probably the UAE, um, which had a, a slightly different approach to Norway, but they did use oil as a basis for sustained development. And just think of what Dubai has been doing over the last couple of years in trying to diversify themselves away from oil dependency. So some countries certainly have benefited, but unfortunately, there are too many examples in Africa and perhaps South America as well, where it's actually not been positive for the country. Mm-hmm. So um, what are the current issues facing the oil and gas industry? And you know, how do we see this playing out? Because I know there's quite a bit of warfare going on, on pricing, etc. Latest that I saw was Angola um, sort of taking their own route. How do you see that playing out over the next um, couple of months or year? Yeah, yeah. No, you're quite right. This year has been a remarkable year in terms of the oil industry. Um, we had relatively high prices at the beginning of the year. I think the oil price was around $60. It then plunged down to $40. And then we had that bizarre situation, um, was it March, April, where the oil price actually went negative um, intraday in the US. And then we've had this very strong bounce back to um, current levels of just over $40 a barrel. Um, And it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out, because I'm sure most of your listeners know about OPEC, um, whose goal is to try and stabilize the oil price um, for the benefit of, of their members. Um, but we've had this big impact of the COVID shock that has just led to a dramatic fall off in in demand. And at the same time, you have, you've had rapidly rising supply, particularly from the US over the last few years. So commodity prices are generally driven by that supply-demand balance. And this year, there have just been a couple of um, unexpected events that have really um, led to this volatility that we've seen. Mm-hmm. So, w- what does this entail for investors? How, how, how do you sort of manage that from, first of all, a fund manager perspective, and then um, advisors with their clients, etc.? What role does um, oil and gas then play, and what does it entail for them? All of these factors that are unknown and impacting. Um, that landscape. Yeah, maybe I can just mention some of those um, behavioral changes that might be happening now as a result of um, the pandemic and the lockdown um, that us and the world are experiencing at the moment. I mean, the first one is obviously how quickly economies rebound from this. Then you have this trend of people working from home. Is this just going to be a, a a lockdown uh, trend, or is this going to be something that impacts the work environment permanently? 
Um, are office workers going to avoid taking public transport and, and drive themselves to work more, thereby using more oil? Or is that going to be counterbalanced by the working from home, which uses less oil because people aren't traveling as much? Um, that we've had this dramatic impact on, on travel and tourism, and many economies around the world are, are very dependent on, on tourism. Surprisingly, many in Europe as well. So just think of Spain and France. Um, those countries are very dependent on global tourism, and more recently, the Chinese tourist in particular. Um, Another big trend that we have is electric vehicles. And with the, the strong move towards being greener, um, that's driving the adoption of electric vehicles. And what impact is that going to have on the internal combustion engine? Um, and that's without even going into this trade war between China and America and how that might affect um, deglobalization or I'm going to throw out some ter terms now, sort of reshoring or bringing back supply lines domestically, etc. So there are a lot of unknowns and a lot of impacts that we've obviously got to be very aware of as investors. Um, with regard to specific oil investments, there are not that many on the domestic stock exchange. Sassel is um, obviously the major one, and they have their own particular issues um, right now. Um, with having share price having plunged and possibly being forced into a rights issue and certainly being forced into selling some of their, their assets. Um, so in considering an investment in a company like Sasso, my view is that you've got to have quite a clear view on where the oil price is going to go up front um, before considering an investment in, in, in a company such as that. But then all of these other issues do impact uh, a, a range of other sectors of the market as well. Um, as I said, electric vehicles, that has a big impact on um, some of the miners in South Africa. So, for example, the platinum industry, uh, the PGM industry, because it's, uh, it's more than just platinum, it's also rhodium and um, palladium. The vast majority of that production goes into producing autocats for um, internal combustion engines. Now, if electric vehicles are going to be um, incentivized by governments to, to get their cities greener, um, that could lead to the decline of internal combustion engines um, and therefore less demand for the platinum group metals. So that's uh, another sector on the, the local stock exchange that is obviously going to have a big impact, um, potentially. Um, and then we have um, the travel and tourism industry. I mean, living here in the Cape, you see a lot more Asian uh, travelers coming and seeing our sites. And um, with the difficulty of traveling, um, we're obviously going to see fewer of them coming forward. Um, whereas ordinarily, right now, with the oil price being relatively low, it should make air tickets cheaper. So you would ordinarily have expected more tourists to come into the country. Um, but, yeah, that's that's just not going to happen right now with uh, the restrictions we have at the moment. It, it seems like there's quite a wide influence or impact of, of oil and gas on other industries, but then there's also the impact from other industries on oil and gas. So it's, it's not the easiest thing for investors to keep in mind. 
No, and there, there are a lot of um, different angles of looking at it as well. Um, something else I haven't mentioned is obviously in big open cost mines, um, diesel is a big input cost into these miners. And um, with the oil price having dropped to the extent that it has, it obviously benefits their, their, um, their costs, which um, should come down. But then right now, that's being offset by lower production because they're not able to produce at full capacity. Um, so there's a, there's a multitude of ways in which oil prices impacts any economy. Very, very interesting. Um, Mike, thank you so much for those comments. Um, I've certainly learned um, a bit around the, the, the impact that it can have on other industries as well. So, yeah, thank you very much for that. I'm sure that the um, guys will find it very interesting. Excellent, Tony. Good speaking to you. Thank you. Thank you.